In very blustery weather last Thursday afternoon, representatives of the church, the government and the emergency services joined with the people of the island to mark the end of the demolition of the Summerland building with an act of remembrance for those who died in the tragic fire there some 33 years ago. And it's that service that I bring you on praise today. As it was the Lord Bishop, the Right Reverend Graham Knowles, who originally suggested the service, it was fitting that he should lead it. His Excellency, the Lieutenant Governor, Sir Paul Haddocks and Lady Haddocks were present, and Sir Paul gave the Bible reading. The President of Tinwald, the Honourable Noel Kringle, MLC, gave the secular readings, and the address was given by the Minister for Tourism and Leisure, David Cretney, MHK. As you'll hear, the service includes an act of remembrance, the poignant reading aloud of the names of 49 people who died in the fire. The names, placed in alphabetical order, are a chilling reminder of how many families lost two, three or even four members that night. Wreaths were laid by His Excellency the Lieutenant Governor, the Honourable David Cretney, MHK, and Her Worship the Mayor of Douglas, Mrs Betty Quirk. Before and during the actual service, the music was provided by Onken Silver Band, but due to the windy conditions and the fact that the crowds who came to the service and who sang the hymns were spread over a very wide open area, it wasn't possible to get a satisfactory recording of the hymn singing, so just for the purpose of this programme we've had to substitute some recorded material. I do apologise most sincerely to the band that we couldn't get an adequate recording of their fine playing which added greatly to the dignity of the service. Thank you for coming here as we mark the demolition of one building and the visible memory of an incredible and disastrous event in the history of the Isle of Man. With the demolition of the building known as Summerland, a sad chapter in the life of our island comes to an end. We are come together today to remember before God the events of some 30 years ago. We call to mind the 49 people who lost their lives in the fire of the 2nd of August 1973. We remember the further 80 people who were seriously injured. We pray for those who still mourn the loss of a family member or a loved friend. We pray for those whose lives were changed beyond all recognition by the events of that day. We also remember those who were caught up in the disaster, the emergency services, doctors and nurses on duty on the day, those who worked to care for mourners and were involved in the administration of the aftermath of the disaster. In the darkness of those events, we look to Christ, who is our light and our hope.
God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Lord, we pray not only for those whose homes were darkened by disaster, but also for those whose faith was shaken, for those who still stand bewildered and fearful in the midst of tragedy, for the injured and the bereaved. We commend to your grace all who sought to help and heal the injured and to comfort and calm the bereaved. From you alone can come the word that will lift us above our darkness. Answer, O Lord, the question in our minds and assure them that though disaster is not your will, you are present with us in our suffering and sorrow and can enable us to find purpose, hope and peace again. Amen. taken from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 14. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also, and you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the light. No one comes to the Father except through me. Here ends the reading. The secular readings are taken from the book From Joyce by Herself and Her Friends, written by Joyce Grenfell, and a short poem, Remember, by Christina Rossetti. 
If I should go before the rest of you, break not a flower, nor inscribe a stone, nor when I'm gone speak in a Sunday voice, but be the usual selves that I have known. Weep if you must, parting is hell, but life goes on, so sing as well. Remember me when I am gone away, gone far away into the silent land, when you can no more hold me by the hand, nor I half turn and yet turning stay. Remember me when no more day by day you tell me of our future that you planned. Only remember me. You understand it will be late to counsel then, or pray. Yet, if you should forget me for a while, and afterwards remember, do not grieve. For if the darkness and corruption leave a vestige of the thoughts that once I had, better by far you should forget and smile than that you should remember and be sad. There is no doubt that the night of August the 2nd, 1973, is one which remains clear in the memories of those of us on the island at that time, and for those families touched by the tragedy further afield. It's one of those occasions in our lives that we remember where we were at that time. I was living in Finch Road and was outside the house and could see smoke rising from the northern end of the promenade. In the hours and days that followed, the full extent of the tragedy emerged and it was worse than anyone could have imagined. Built on the site of the Derby Castle complex, which had been a pleasure ground with theatre and ballroom since 1877, Douglas Corporation acquired the area in 1964, and the old building was demolished and an optimistic, forward-thinking strategy to reposition the island's tourist industry in the face of rapidly developing continental holidays was developed. The swimming pool, the remnants of which can still be seen and remain to be cleared, was completed in 1969 and the second phase of the development built over three and a half acres and costing almost two million pounds over a number of floors and able to accommodate up to 10,000 customers was completed in 1970 and opened in the summer of 1971. For those of us who were young people at the time, it was very exciting and the place to be. Two short years later, what had been such an optimistic venture was a twisted, scorched shell of metal. And for many families, their lives would never be the same. I recall clearly Alan Jackson, Terry Kringle and others reporting live from the scene, who together with the caring emergency services sought to comfort families 
separated, distressed and confused. Reports of panic emerged and as so often occurs in the face of such tragedies, stories of real human bravery, service before self were accounted. When the total extent of the tragedy was clear, a public inquiry was held and certain building materials were condemned together with delays in evacuating the premises and changes to building regulations to improve fire safety were introduced. A new building was reopened in 1978 and that now as, as well is all but gone. Part because of another building material but primarily it had become an ugly hulk with rust emerging from it and government had invested substantially into the lovely refurbished Villa Marina. In the meantime, Douglas Corporation had provided a permanent memorial to those lost in the Summerland tragedy in the gardens at the bottom of Summer Hill. When I moved the resolution in Timmel to secure the funds to demolish Summerland, the Lord Bishop suggested when the site was cleared that we should assemble here to remember those who perished in the fire, those injured and those who may still suffer today and it is right that we all do so. As we close this chapter and look to the future, we must all feel the pain and suffering, but also remember the stories of great human bravery in the face of adversity and trust that those affected by the tragedy in whatever way can have their burden lifted a little with the passage of time. This morning I spoke to a person who was a matron at Nobles Hospital at the time of the tragedy. Sadly, her health does not allow her to be with us this afternoon, but my final comment would be to say that we are most grateful and offer our thanks for the support such dedicated people gave at that most difficult time. And today, those who follow on behind them continue to do so in the best traditions of the public service. Abide with me. Summerland disaster of the 2nd of August 1973. Frederick John Allen, Francis Mary Allen, Constance Atkins, William Stuart Aves, Anne Barber, Alan Barker, James Hewitt Bramhall Bennett, Beryl Bennett, Thomas Brady, Catherine Brady. Mary Sarah Boyd. Mabel Alice Buckle D. John Miller Carson. Richard Cheatham. Elizabeth Cheatham. June Cheatham. Frederick William Glazer. Olive Bertha Glazer. Andrea Margaret Glazer. William Robert Hamilton. William Henry Goldsmith. Phoebe Goldsmith. Beryl. Anne Hendrick. <laughs>
Anastasia Hughes, Marcia Hughes, Stanley Wiley Kellett, Sean Terence Kelly, Keith Baldwin McKeegan, Hubert James Manning, Gladys Mary Manning. Elizabeth Mackenzie, Betty Ann Moulds, Beverly Ann Moulds, Deborah Jane Moulds, Amanda Jean Moulds, Lorna Bryson Norton, Bernard Malcolm Ogden, Margaret O'Hara, Tracy O'Hara, Julie Panter, David Piper, Dennis Arthur Sanford, Elsie Stevens, Alexander Gibson Stevenson, Jean Davis Stevenson, Jane Tallon, Annie Thistlewood, Gary Martin Williams, Kathleen Wilkinson. life until the shadows lengthen and the evening comes the busy world is hushed the fever of life is over and our work is done then Lord in your mercy grant us a safe lodging a holy rest and peace at the last through Jesus Christ our Lord Amen may God give you his comfort and his peace his light and his joy in this world and the next and the blessing of God Almighty the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you always Amen
the last notes of the national anthem drifted over a hushed crowd, the sky darkened, the wind freshened, and a light rain began to fall. Moments later, a rainbow, that traditional symbol of hope and promise, arced across Douglas Bay and disappeared into the clouds high over the Summerland site. In life, in death, The act of remembrance for all who died in the Summerland Fire of August 1973 was recorded on Thursday afternoon on the site of the now-demolished, more recent building, and the service was led by the Lord Bishop, the Right Reverend Graham Knowles. His Excellency the Lieutenant Governor, Sir Paul Haddocks, read the lesson, and President of Tinwald, Honourable Noel Kringle, gave the secular readings. Minister for Tourism and Leisure, Honourable David Cretney, MHK, gave the address, and the act of remembrance was led by Reverend Leslie Guthrie, Her Worship the Mayor of Douglas, Mrs Betty Quirk, Deemster Carouche, Chief Constable Mike Culverhouse, Mrs Hazel Hannan, MHK, in her capacity as Deputy Speaker, and Chief Fire Officer Brian Draper. Music before and during the actual service was most ably provided by Onken Silver Band, and I'm truly sorry that the impossibility of getting a good recording of both singing and playing in a wide-open space in windy weather conditions meant that we had to use recordings. In this instance, the hymns were sung by the choir of King's College, Cambridge, but the national anthem was sung by Musicale and the Regal Singers, accompanied by the Manx Youth Orchestra. And my thanks to the Lord Bishop and to Mrs Sue Killen for their extensive help in making our recording.